welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora. And I'm Marie Wallace. And we are your hosts today. We weren't actually able to get our uh, recording posted because I had a big update on my computer, Big Sur, if any of you Apple users out there uh, can relate. You may feel a little of my pain, but I had lots of glitches with that update and unfortunately lost the episode, which literally almost made me cry because I thought it was such a great one. So hopefully we can do justice today in our repeat of the information. Um, so Defining masculinity, let's talk about how it's misunderstood first, because this is, um, this is really big to me. This is an important discussion. Um, I'm sure you've all heard people say things like, um, the feminist movement has made men soft. Uh, the feminist movement has um, killed masculinity. Um, it's unpopular to be masculine anymore. Um, right. I, I hope some of you can, can relate to some of these statements. We hear them often, especially as someone who advocates for women. I hear this often. And, um, so let's, let's talk about it. Let's break it down. Um, what is masculinity? So, in its healthy context, um, masculinity, now I want to back up for a minute. Masculinity can be something that is um, female or male. It doesn't have to be only men can have masculinity, but masculinity is healthy in any individual. <clears throat> masculinity is only referring to things like um, having self-confidence, having self-worth, being assertive, um, being protective of things that are important to you, um, advocating for yourself, advocating for others, protecting others' rights. Um, what am I missing, Marie? Um, I think you covered... Um, organization. Successful. Yeah, very driven, very having motivation, having ambition, having um, organizational skills, management skills, leadership skills. This is masculine energy, right? And this is something that is accessible to men and women. Regardless of how you identify as a human being, you have masculine energy and feminine energy. Um, so let's talk about where some of those other beliefs come from, right? So um, that's what masculinity is. It is not, it is not threatened by um, empowered females. I hope you can see that, that none of those things are, are taken away from men when there's a strong female. Now let's talk about toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity is something I call the villain energy, right? And this is where we get into tyrants, people who demand full obedience and submission. Um, people who cannot stand other people having power. So they are competitive. If they see someone else who has power, whether it's another man or female, they feel threatened and they feel the need to assert their power and to prove their power and their dominance. Um, 
villain energy is very dominant energy. Um, it is built in hierarchy. So the villain energy is not happy unless they are at the top of the hierarchy. Um, okay, Marie, what am I missing in villain energy? Controlling, manipulative. Very controlling and manipulative. Yeah. Possessive. Uh, demands loyalty. Anything else? Not that comes to mind, but as we talk, one will come up. <laughs> or will come, yes. Okay, so that I think you're kind of getting a picture of the villain energy, toxic masculinity. Now let's flip to the other side for a moment and define what femininity um, and toxic femininity look like. So femininity, what I call goddess energy, uh, right? So you've all heard me talk about warrior goddess. Warrior is the masculine energy in its essence. And goddess energy is feminine energy in its essence. So feminine goddess energy is um, connection. More than anything, feminine energy is connection. It's the relationship, relationship to spirituality, relationship to other human beings, relationship to other, other beings like animals or plants, um, the earth. It is connection. What was that, Marie? Nurturing and Nurturing. loving. Yeah, she is very, um, yeah, she's very nurturing. Um, she is the why. I like to call her the why, whereas the masculine is the doing, right? So um, the feminine energy is the purpose for the driving force of the masculine. She is the vision. Um, the relationship is the why, right? Why do we do all this work? Why do we, um, why do we uh, advocate for people or do any of the stuff that the masculine does? We do it because the feminine is the why, right? We want the relationship. The relationship is the why. Um, He's the being, the flow, and the creativity. The yeah. Um, playfulness, spontaneity. Um, nurturing, compassion, empathy. This is all the, the goddess feminine energy. Now let's talk about toxic femininity. Toxic femininity is what I call the victim energy. And the victim um, is a very disempowered feminine energy. So uh, the victim is... Um, has given away all of her personal power. She does not see herself as someone who is able or capable to make choices. She defers all of her choices to someone else and feels entirely helpless. She is the proverbial doormat. She um, is used and consumed for someone else's benefit um, and by assumption. Uh, she does not assume that she has any rights, nor does the person using her. And she's not worth, she doesn't feel worthy or, yeah, capable, doesn't feel like that she is empowered to make any decisions. She's just at the mercy of others. Like you said, the doormat. Yep. And so what a lot of people don't understand is when a female or really any human being, but typically it's a female, 
um, feels that they are not supposed to have an inner warrior or that masculine energy, when a woman feels she's not allowed to have that masculine energy that's natural, she will become a victim because the goddess cannot survive without the provision and protection of the masculine, her inner warrior. Her inner warrior is who allows her to set boundaries and communicate her needs and say, no, this is my standard and I won't accept anything else. That's the warrior. That is your inner warrior. Um, your inner warrior is the one who creates the income or the provision for your goddess to survive. It gives her the arena, this, the space that she needs to flourish, to thrive. And so a, a goddess without her warrior will become a victim. And that is where you see a lot of women who bounce from abusive relationship to abusive relationship is because they have not activated their inner warrior. They are only operating on feminine energy. And that in, that in and of itself cannot protect them um, and, and puts them in a very vulnerable position. Uh, a goddess without a warrior is very suffocated, very stifled, very, very vulnerable. And you can see how a victim energy would often attract a villain energy. They pair very nicely or, you know, off, <laughs> awful. Uh, it's, a, it's a terrible uh, match, but it is a, a magnetic match. The, um, the villain who wants to, what, dominate right? They want to dominate is a perfect match for the victim who feels they have no power and have no rights. You can see how that is, is a match made in hell. <laughs> so um, Marie, do you have anything to add to that piece? I know I'm doing a lot of the talking here. You're doing great. I have a motorcycle outside. So that's why I keep muting because it gets really loud. Um, no, I think that you described it very well. It, it, it helps people see how we attract those those other energies, those victim energies, or like you said, the, the, the dominant energies and how we can start beginning to empower ourselves. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to our original um, accusation that uh, empowered females somehow threaten masculinity. So if you have a group of people who all of a sudden realize they're not fucking victims anymore and they start waking up their, their own inner warrior and being unapologetic of their own masculine energy, which again is self-worth and being assertive, setting boundaries, um, having standards, that's, that's your masculine energy. So when women start to activate those things, then yes, the toxic masculine, the villain energy will feel threatened and it should feel threatened because the villain energy is what will not be tolerated anymore. So if you, uh, if you have a man or another person saying, you know, that femininity is somehow assaulting masculinity, you have someone whose view of masculinity is dominance. It is a hierarchy view. It is um, a, 
a subjugation view, a view that um, men are meant to enslave, <laughs> meant to dominate. That is what they are saying. So yes, um, toxic masculine men or powers that be, people who activate or who live in their uh, villain energy should absolutely feel threatened. Because yes, equality will threaten anyone who wants to keep dominance. And that, that's the only way to, to say that honestly. Does that threaten masculinity? Absolutely not. No, because true masculinity, um, you know, my, my self-worth does not threaten anyone else's. Period. Say that again, because that people need to hear that. That's a, that's a very amazing line. So say that one again. My self-worth does not threaten anyone else's. It actually only nourishes and enhances someone else's. So um, actually by being balanced, by having both masculine and feminine energy activated, I actually create a better space where I become a catalyst for someone else to have activated masculine energy. I mean, that is the work I do. That, in a nutshell, that's, that's what I do is I create space for people, especially women, to feel that they are allowed to act activate their masculine energy because in the past we have been banned from that we have been told that we're not allowed to have masculine energy so um yeah marie do you have anything to add to that idea of like women having masculine energy or the the idea that masculine energy is threatened by empowered women what has your experience been with that the only thing, the thing that came up with me, for me, were all the flags that I see when someone starts to become manipulative or controlling, um, start saying, why are you reading? Um, I've seen that, like if a woman tries to empower herself by reading or growing or learning, they feel threatened. That's a huge flag. Um, having any say in anything where, where they become um, very dominant in the, the speaking, asking why you're, um, I, I've even heard insubordinate. <laughs> um, why are you being insubordinate? I'm the leader. I'm the head of the household. Um, you don't really have a say. There's lots of those flags that, that just really start waving very loudly because, um, that's why I had you repeat that one line because me having self-worth or me feeling empowered should not threaten you. It should only enhance that you become a better person because when we're together, that's a matching energy. Um, so yeah, those big flags of control, manipulation, the, you know, trying to get the, the woman to cower. I've seen that like where they start yelling and screaming because they know that that's part of the cycle. But if they just yell loud enough or scream loud enough, she, will be sensitive to that and then she'll back down and so yeah yeah and that's <laughs> that's a classic tactic of uh dominance that's a classic tactic of the villain is fear yeah 
fear, making you afraid. And the obedience word, that's such a loaded word. Um, And it's interesting. I still will have conversations with people around the word obedience because, um, you know, there's a lot of um, attempts to glamorize it when, I mean, yeah, you can get around Like you can say, well, you know, you should be obedient to your own values. You should be obedient to your, your higher power, which essentially is ultimately yourself, Um, your values, your, your spirituality, your life purpose, your calling, um, your oneness. Yes, you can, you can kind of work around and say, yeah, you should be obedient to those things, but I almost think that that's that's a little dangerous to go down that path because it normalizes this word and this concept that has been used for millennia to um, subjugate and enslave women. When you get into the obedience talk, it's been driven into us for a long time. Most of us from childhood, you know, you start with children, obey your parents. And then I don't know about, you know, everyone else out there, but I was certainly told that wives obey their husbands, obey, meaning you do not question them, meaning they are right. You are wrong. If you have a different opinion, it doesn't matter, right? Mm -hmm. That is what obedience means. Obedience means I will put aside my own thoughts, my own reasoning, and I will obey without question. And that is dangerous. That takes away our our power of choice, our identity, really. Well, or our our contribution as well, because um, I'm I'm thinking of if you're in a relationship that's empowering. Um, my voice being heard in that, I could be, that could be my zone of genius, whatever it is that we're talking about, and my voice isn't heard, I'm not allowed to give a contribution, which could be very vital for whatever it is that we're working on to thrive. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, when, when you are in complete obedience, where you are literally shutting down and making yourself wrong, like any dissenting ideas or opinions are just wrong. When you're in that space, you can't contribute anything of value. There's so much value that comes from dissent and disagreement, <laughs> like so much. Um, I don't feel threatened at all when I disagree with a friend or a partner or a colleague. That's an opportunity for a discussion, but we can't have that discussion if one of us thinks that we're right and we're offended by being questioned. (laughs) If any of us get to the point that we're offended by being questioned, then we are off base. I don't care what you identify with. You know, I see this, I see this right wrong way of thinking, which just comes from dominance thinking, whether we're talking about religion or we're talking about politics on both sides, all sides, you know, whenever we get to the point that we are so extreme about saying we're so right that we can't be questioned and that we're calling everybody else names and they're so wrong and bad, we really get to check ourselves because we are operating in villain energy, toxic masculinity, and it is not helpful for anyone. Okay, off my soapbox. 
No, I love it. I was like, go girl, keep going. Um, yeah, Marie, what do you think about like ideas not being questioned? How does that stifle movement, progression, um, productivity? Well, I think about even when I was a kid, we were forbidden to watch any movies that question God, if we're going to go there. And that is, you know, to me, um, I think, I believe spirit wants me to ask questions because then I won't blindly follow or blindly, um, be in relationship, right? Um, I'm, I'm able to, to have conversations and it goes both ways and I can be really be rooted in, um, how I believe. And that works with partners as well, being really rooted in, um, who I am and what our relationship is. If I'm able to ask questions or give my contribution, blindly following someone or blindly being in relationship with them and trusting. And I'm not saying that I don't trust my partner, but my, my partner doesn't know everything. That's the brilliance of having a bunch of minds together working on the same problem. It just adds to the benefits of us all being able to, and let's take it to family dynamics, even um, allowing children to be part of a conversation um, you know, do as I say, not as I do was how I grew up. And it's like, but we have a contribution to give even in the family, no matter how small and um, just empowering all those that in the family, just let's say there's five people in the family, that's five brains on us, you know, making a solution. So I think for me, it is blindly following doesn't make that relationship very strong. It just makes me, like you said, subjugated to let things happen and does force me almost to be in that victim role because then I go, I don't have a choice. It's all in the hands of someone else. Very disempowering. Yeah. Well, and if you look at, you know, the history of very violent dictators, you know, (laughs) we want people to question them. Right. Um, And usually in a dictatorship, the, the scarier and more violent they are, the more, um, more unwilling they are to to have any dissenting opinions or disagreement, and um, so I think instead of instead of the um, accusation being that uh, empowered females are threatening masculine energy, you know, per- perhaps we're asking the wrong question, and we should be saying why would masculine energy be threatened or masculinity be threatened by empowered people or equality. Um, Because I believe true masculine energy isn't any of those things. Um, I know men and women who are very powerful people who celebrate other people's power, who celebrate their victories, celebrate their successes. Um, Because they're not coming from this, you know, wounded, uh, I must be you know, top dog and everyone else must be, you know, lowly peasants. They're not coming from that perspective. Um, so yes, yeah, some, some masculinity is threatened, only the toxic versions. <laughs> I'm actually thinking about um, jobs, right? Where you have that hierarchy sometimes when, in, when an employer actually 
empowers his people mm-hmm. that or her people <laughs> um and that, that there's not this um and, and and they do celebrate everyone it, it becomes a more um a, a team yeah more of a team instead of i you know issue all the orders and and i have to monitor you right like that that seems so draining if i have to monitor you and make sure that you're doing your job and and all of that is it's less empowering than saying you know i trust that you'll do your job the way you need and and empowering your employees it, it makes for a much more teamwork kind of um thing i was just trying to put it in a work context for people because it it it, it shows up in work all the time that hierarchy or that you know um do as i say kind of thing yeah yeah and um it's totally worth saying, you know, you kind of jogged my memory. Um, something we talked about in our previous recording that we lost that I think is really relevant is, you know, the opposite of hierarchy, dominance, programming in that perspective is teamwork or collaboration, right? It's a bunch of equals coming together and, you know, we might be playing different roles like, you know, a leadership role is different than a creative role is different than an administrative role is different than a, you know, janitorial role. Like there's a lot of different roles that are all very necessary and needed, um, but they all have different expertise. And instead of viewing it as a hierarchy and one person's job being more important or more, um, higher or lower than someone else, if we could see it from more of an equality equality perspective, um, I'm playing this role because this is what um, I'm good at that helps the team function. Um, and you're playing a role that I could never fill because I don't have those skills. Um, if we saw things from that perspective, that, that's very different than saying, you know, because you are lower than I am, you can't question me and I know better. And I think even in academics, like we, we need to really um, level up in our perspective regarding dominance and hierarchy, because, you know, coming from the mental health uh, field, I saw a lot of that dominance thinking as well. Who are you to question this person that has all of these letters behind their name? That's yeah. scary. That is scary because nobody owns the market on truth. Ooh, well, you're doing all these quotables. I'm writing that down. <laughs> um, well, it, it puts, again, puts you at the mercy of who are confiding in. And that's a scary place because it's, they're supposed to be a guide with you on the journey, not dictating how you should live your life or even what your choices are, right? And yeah, sometimes we do that because we're too tired and we go, okay, you just tell me what to do. And again, that's back to disempowering yourself by putting yourself at the mercy of someone else. That is such a great point. Yeah, I think that is a way that... Um as as females we've contributed to our own subjugation because when we are given the opportunity for choice we are so uh it's such a foreign experience that we're like oh i don't know make it make it for me like i don't you know the classic i don't know where to eat (laughs) you know um 
it's, it's so foreign and sometimes scary to make decisions on our own that we uh, will pass it on and that, that further disempowers us. So, you know, it's a healing process on both sides for sure. And having done, you know, so much of the work with females to um, activate that masculine energy, uh, that's a lifelong work. That's not a quick process. It is really hard. So it's for sure both both sides get to do some work. I even remember as a young woman, when I first kind of broke away from some of that, that thinking, I don't even know what my opinion is on things. Like, I, I just remember that being a very clear thought in my head going, I don't know what I believe. I don't know because I had subjugated myself so much and deferred to others opinions as being more important not feeling my own worth and not feeling that what I had to say mattered and so I never had an opinion it was like well what do you think Marie I don't know what do you think so then I would be the chameleon and try to take that on and just it takes a while to pull away and to really um, honor ourselves in that we have some that what we have to say matters and what, mm -hmm. we, have, what we think matters. Yeah. Even if someone else doesn't think it's the right thing to think or feel. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to read a few of our comments here. Okay. So um, Crystal Taylor. Hello. Hello. Thank you for being here. And my beautiful sister, Abigail. Um, she makes the comment of complete obedience is scary. And then I used to absolutely loathe the concept of submission. I'm loving you both for talking about teamwork. <clears throat> yeah. And I still loathe the uh, word submission. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> oh, it's still, it still is referring to hierarchy. Um, there's no need for submission unless you're talking about hierarchy. Um, teamwork and collaboration, again, is really the opposite of that. We can still say, you know, I'm playing this role um, as, uh, you know, for the benefit of the whole. Um, so I think a lot of people um, misinterpret when you say, you know, I don't believe in any submission. It's like, well, you're just, a, you know, free for all doing your own thing and not thinking about anyone else. And I, I think that's really inaccurate. I think, you know, I can really honor my, uh, my personal authority and I can still make a decision to um, do something for the team. You know what I mean? And that doesn't mean that's an act of submission. That's a, a personal choice. Um, a, a part of my own personal authority saying this is the decision I'm making because this is the outcome that I want to achieve. Totally different than submission, which is saying, I owe you my obedience. I owe you my unthinking um, uh, loyalty. loyalty. <laughs> yes, thank you. Loyalty. Perfect. Um, you don't owe anyone your loyalty. You don't owe anyone your obedience. Um, that gets to be a decision based on whether or not you feel that is the correct choice to uh, to make whatever decision they're wanting you to make always. So um, with that, I think, so 
So we are we are right at time. I don't see any other comments. Marie, are there any final thoughts you want to say about defining masculinity and what it all means? We really covered some good juicy stuff. Um, just being back to honoring, honoring um, our masculinity and our femininity within ourselves and knowing that that will honor everyone, just adding that little tidbit. Just, yeah, keep fighting for the the parts of you that offer to speak, <laughs> mm-hmm. that, offer, that, that offer to um, have um, a voice in the conversation. Yeah. Yes, your voice is always needed. And anyone who seeks to stifle your voice, beware of. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, Yeah. anybody who wants to silence you is not your friend, (laughs) not your friend. Um, Or if they feel threatened by you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's some ideas out there from people that, you know, I I really don't like their ideas, but um, I fully support them speaking, even if they're, you know, really, to me, awful ideas. I still support them being able to express themselves. And we really can't achieve um, changing those ideas unless we are willing to have the the brave discussions. So absolutely. Thank you for another gem of a conversation, Marie. Um, This has been fun. Sorry for doing so much of the talking. (laughs) You were wonderful. I was watching you going, yay, keep going. (laughs) You can tell this is a little bit of a topic of passion for me. Alrighty, I'm going to go ahead and uh, close us out. So thank you so much for joining us today. Um, You can find any of our previous recordings in our group Braveheart Conversations. Um, You can find any discussions there as well. You can also access um, our podcast on my website, jillianaurora.com, and then click on the tab uh, podcast. And you should be able to find us on a variety of podcasting platforms. Um, I also want to put a quick plug in for our upcoming retreat. Um, We have a a very short time that uh, we are offering an extended payment plan that is actually a year-long payment plan. So if you would like to uh, take advantage of that and join us in September, we, um, we're going to be meeting in Coeur d'Alene for our Warrior Goddess Retreat. Uh, Marie and I are partnering up to really provide a kick-ass um, experience for women who are ready to explore much more of this particular topic that we've talked about today. Um, we'll be talking about how um, femininity and um, being a female has been actually a very dangerous thing to do in the past. And we'll be talking about how that happened, why that happened and how to reclaim your goddess and your own, your own divinity. So um, I'm, I'm so pumped about that uh, experience coming up. I think it's, it's going to be it's our first retreat uh, warrior goddess retreat. And uh, this is the cutting edge of my work right now. And, uh, and I'm super excited to have um, Marie join me in this endeavor. She, she will be the softness to um, my truth sword. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to do some juicy, good, fun things too. Rituals and gathering and connecting. So just so you know, it's not all learning. It's, well, it is all learning, but it is 
you know, we have some fun experiential things too. It'll be awesome. Yeah. So if you want to check out more about that, you can go to my website, jillianaurora.com. And if you click on the tab signature programs, you will find the retreat there. Um, So check it out if it interests you at all. And um, don't wait because that is a limited offer. Um, I've also packaged my course, Where Goddess Course. So um, this is this is a unique time that you can purchase both of them for a bundle deal. So check it out. And uh, we will see you next week. I hope you all have a fantastic week. Enjoy the sunshine out there. Uh, don't let the heat get you. And um, oh, yes. Next week is defining patriarchy. Oh, thank you. Yes. Next How do they get a hold of you? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Thank you. So um, if you want to email us any particular questions or um, comments about this particular topic or any topics you'd like to hear more about, um, you can contact me at defytheaverage at gmail.com or Marie. So we'd love to hear any comments that you may have. Um, I don't think I missed anything else. Okay. <laughs> yes. Defining patriarchy is next week. So uh, a continuation of the discussion of what the hierarchy has been basically. So with that, okay, now go enjoy the sunshine and don't get too hot out there. It's going to be hot. (laughs) Okay. Bye, everybody. We love you all so much. Bye.